Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening from. It's Blake Sorensen and Justin Dunbar back with another episode of the Stack in the Box podcast. Eight teams are fighting for their right to be in the playoff. Not all eight of them are going to get in. We're going to get all in to the playoff scenarios in a little bit, but we got a lot more to talk about. We were going to talk about Tua and if Brian Flores is making the right move and when, if he was going to come into the game, Fitzpatrick would come in. However, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be out with COVID. We're going to talk about all the implications of that later on in the show. We are also going to talk about the Chicago Bears. It's a must-win game for them. They're playing one of the best teams in football right now, so we're going to get into that game in depth. Also, Rams-Cardinals. Everybody is kind of looking at this like, eh, I think Arizona is going to run through John Walford in this backup quarterback. I don't know. I don't know. I have questions about that game. Justin and I are going to get into it. Also, which NFC team, NFC East team, that is, if they get into the playoffs, who has the best shot at making any type of run or even just upsetting one team? And that's going to get, yeah, let's get into it. Justin, you ready for week 17? I'm hyped. This is, I mean, we only have like, I was looking like two games where teams are resting guys. Like this is as active of a week 17 as you could ask for. Yeah. It is pretty awesome. You want to get right into the clinching scenarios or anything else you kind of want to add? I think let's just get into the clinching scenarios. Okay. All right. So we'll go over the NFC first. NFC, relatively simple compared to what we got going on in the AFC. For the NFC, the Packers win or the Saints lose, they get the one seed. Simple enough, right? If the Saints win and the Packers lose, the Saints get the one seed. Seattle Still has a shot at the one seed if we want everything to go through Century Link. Seahawks need to win their game. Both teams, Packers and the Saints, need to lose. Okay. That's just for the one seed. Wild card, a little bit, a little bit of stuff going on here. If the Rams win or the Chicago Bears lose, the Rams are in. And they're fighting for just that last seventh seed, right? Yeah. Like the Rams, if they lose this game, could very well not make the playoffs. Yeah. So Rams win or Bears loss. The Rams are in. If the Bears win or the Cardinals lose, then the Bears are in. And if the Cardinals win, they're in, right? That's what you want. I mean, if you can control your own destiny like the Packers do right now, like the Cardinals doing like a couple of teams in the AFC we're going to get to, you're in a happy spot right now. I mean, ideally, you would like to know you're going to be playing some postseason football. The NFC East, if Washington wins on Sunday night football, they're in. Both other teams which are the Giants and the Cowboys need um, a win and Washington to lose. So that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Before we move on to the AFC, who do you want to see? Who do you want to see out of these teams? Make get it. Yikes. I'd like to I don't see. Really, yeah. Um, I mean, least it's so who do you think is the least deserving? The least deserving. Uh, it's going to sound mean because I really think they're tremendously overrated and everybody loves them. The Cardinals. I, I mean, they've had like a super easy schedule all season. Yeah. And like they, they're still eight and seven. Um, yeah, I would say I, like, I think the Rams are a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Like, so I would, it's tough, but I Part of me, though, here's my one thing. Like, I kind of want the Bears to change things up a little because I just hate it when teams just go run through a brick wall over and over again. I was going to say, the Bears have the most to lose with this, right? Because so, if the Bears lose, Nagy's gone, Pace is probably gone, Trubisky's probably gone. If they get honestly, into the playoffs and get the divisional, maybe those guys all come back for another year. Yeah, and I've actually seen, like, Bears fans on Twitter, like, they desperately want to lose this game. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're happy. You know, like Nick, Nick is our big bears guy. He's going to, whenever we talk about the bears in the off season, he's going to be on here. Trust me. Nick knows his stuff. He doesn't even sound like he wants these guys to come back for another year. So if you're a bears fan, you're probably rooting to lose, but those guys in the building want to win. They want to keep their jobs for another. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I wonder just with the way this offense has been the last month, like it looks much more, you know, creative in terms of they're really helping Mitch Trubisky with play action passes yards after the catch. It almost feels like someone told Matt Nagy, like, step things up or you're getting fired. Yeah, and people should have been known that he was kind of 
on that little fringe for a little bit. Um, you want to just go ahead and preview these games real quick, these couple of ones? Yeah. Can you yeah, actually – I don't have I don't have the schedule pulled up right now. I'm kind of in a different environment. If you guys can't tell, so I'm a little bit on the fly. Packers, Chicago, we'll get to that in a second. Who are the Saints playing? Uh, Carolina. Carolina. Okay, we should expect a win there. Are you are you expecting any upset there or not really? Um, I mean, Carolina almost beat New Orleans the first time they played. The thing that would give me pause is I've looked at Carolina's injury report. Like, yeah, we're my, talking about fifth string left tackle. <clears throat> I mean, third string running back, whatever. Fifth string left tackle. Their defense has a bunch of injuries. I would assume the Saints just win and cover six and a half points spread. Agree with you. I do want to make a point about Matt Rule, though. I know you were kind of giving him a hard time about winning that game last week. However, I, I heard a stat. Didn't look into it too much. I just heard it and I thought, run with it. Great. Great journalism by me right here. I think they've only lost one game by multiple scores. Yeah, like they they their point differential is like minus twenty five, and that's amazing. And that's with a pretty Especially. tough schedule. Like they they're feisty. That's why when you said when you said like oh the Saints are just gonna run through, I was a little like eh. yeah, but um, it's still probably gonna be a Saints win. Yeah, I I'm very excited about the Panthers. One, their culture. I, I love what Matt Rule has done so far. GM, they got they're gonna get a new guy in here because pretty much the idea was that he's already gonna be gone. I just really love what's going on in Carolina there. I think Matt Rule is getting those guys fired up, and he's building a pretty damn good culture in Carolina. For sure. Uh, Seattle? Who's Seattle playing in this one? Seattle has the Niners. Niners. That's going to be a pesky game for the Seahawks, quite honestly. I mean, they always give them trouble. The Niners have always given them trouble. Who? What's your model say about that one? My model didn't quite have the Niners plus six as value, but it thinks that that game is – going to be much closer than the six point spread um also it likes the over it's 46 um, okay. kyle shanahan and russell wilson i'll take that i mean shanahan just picks apart seattle's defense it's the one of the most predictable defenses in the league yep. seattle's not a team that blows out anyone because of the way they play it's so reliant on russell wilson on third downs like all it takes is just some bad variance and seattle loses that game Yes, I think they're definitely going to be on their stuff, though. I don't think this is going to be a game that Seattle just kind of waltzes into. I don't I don't see them getting upset in this one, so I'll rock with Seattle to win. But I, I definitely think uh, San Francisco keeps this thing within a score. Yeah, I would agree with that. Rams-Cardinals, we're going to get to that in a second. Bears-Packers, we're going to get to that in a second. And then we have the two. You want to talk about the NFC matchups once we get to the NFC part we're going to talk uh, about? Yeah, we can get to it. Then. Okay. Um, we will move to the very convoluted AFC. One seed, we know who it is. I think Pittsburgh and Buffalo are fighting out for that two seed, correct? Or is it already locked up? Um, yeah, so pretty much Pittsburgh is resting their guys. So they've pretty much said, we don't really care about the two seed. Um, Buffalo has not done the same yet. So, I mean, that can just tell you some motivation factors there. Which, can I comment on Pittsburgh for a second? I think it's stupid what they're doing because you had your offense that you kind of wanted and that if your offense is rolling like that in the playoffs, I still think you are a pretty legit threat to make a run. You had that offense going for eight minutes or 18 minutes, sorry, for about the first time all season. That was the first time all season that I've watched that offense and been like, oh, snap. That's what needs to be going on with this defense for them to win a Super Bowl. I kind of actually disagree Why? Um, because they haven't had a buy since week four. Okay. So but part of their struggles are probably attributed to the fact that they've just been playing and you got to remember, like they played all those games in a row because of the COVID scheduling. They're gassed. Like we've been seeing them just gassed for the longest time. That makes so I actually sense. kind of like what they're doing. That makes sense. My thing is though, you got that offense going for 18 minutes. I would have just liked to at least see it for a quarter. You can even preseason it, run those guys out there for a quarter, try to put up 21 points, you know, because they're playing. Who are they playing again? Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay, Cleveland. Who they might be playing in the first round of the playoffs. Right. Cleveland needs to win this game. Okay, it makes sense then. I just 
I don't know. I, I would really like to have seen them try to get some more of that offense going in this one. Use it almost as a scrimmage game if they don't care about playing to just try and get the offense going. But then you're right. If they have to face Cleveland in the first round, they're probably not going to want to throw everything they got on offense out there. Just a little quick point I wanted to make. The rest of it, though, wild card stuff. How many slots are open? Are there two wild card slots for all these teams? Is it two? Um, I think it's – well, essentially – wait, what do you mean by that? Like – because it's Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, Browns, Colts that are all fighting for one or two. I mean, no one, no one's clinched. No, like every team could miss like it pretty right. much. Right. And then it's. So technically three are up for grabs. Three are up for grabs. Okay. So two teams are getting left out of here. Yeah. Okay. We'll run through the scenarios now. I, I was forgetting. I was like, man, how many, like how many spots are there available? So if the Titans win, they get the AFC South as well. If the Titans lose and the Colts win, then they get the AFC South. The Titans, however, get the playoffs with a Ravens, Colts, or Dolphins loss. Titans are looking like they're in a pretty good spot to get in. The Dolphins, they need to win or Ravens, Browns, Colts loss. So Dolphins, win and you're in. You handle your own business right now. Ravens, you're in the same scenario. If the Ravens win... They handle their own business or a Colts Browns loss will be good for them. Browns win or a couple scenarios here for the Browns. So just if you're a Browns fan, just win and you're in Titans loss and Ravens win Titans loss and Colts win Titans loss and Dolphins win. So pretty much if you're a Browns fan, you're rooting to win. First of all, win and you're in and you want the Titans to lose and pretty much the other teams to win Colts. Colts are surprisingly in the worst spot here. The Colts need to win, and and they need a Ravens or Dolphins or Browns loss. So if you're a Colts fan, you need something to happen. You do not control your own destiny, which sucks because you are up 24-7 to seven with 18 minutes left to go against Big Ben, which kind of sucks. Titans, who are the Titans playing? Well, let's run through all these matchups real quick. Uh, Titans are playing Houston. Titans playing in Houston. In Houston, too. Dolphins, I know, are playing – Buffalo, the Ravens are playing um, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So let's see. We'll mark down the Ravens with a win. I think that's pretty fair to say, correct? Yeah. Especially because they need to win. This is a game I think they're going to be charged up and fired up for. Although Cincinnati is coming off of two wins against teams they probably shouldn't have beat. The Colts, who are the Colts playing again? Colts have the Jaguars, so just chalk that in. Though, you know, if they lose this game, like the Jaguars will go 2-14, and 14, and their only two wins will be against the against Colts. Against the Colts, that would be kind of fun. <laughs> so we'll have the Ravens and the Colts winning. Tennessee against Houston, that's a pesky game because whenever you play – is Watson healthy? Or are they sitting him? Yeah, like I don't understand. Like I've seen that he's going to play in this game. Like from what I've heard, he like – he was really close to like tearing his UCL and needing Tommy John surgery. So I don't know why they would ever play him in this game. Yeah. But from all indications, he's playing. Okay. And so you're probably getting a hurt Deshaun Watson. So we'll mark down that as probably a win for Tennessee. Do you want to go more in depth on this one? Or are we pretty sure Tennessee? I could see a scenario where Houston wins just because if Watson's healthy, just because some of the matchups like are favorable for Houston, but. I mean, Tennessee, even with Watson fully healthy, has the better offense. Right. It's just that defense is such a liability. I do want to see that defense play decent in this game for Tennessee. So now we get to the two teams, Dolphins and the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns need to win this football game. If they lose to the backups of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't know how they recover, really, as a franchise. No, not. but it would be the most Browns way to go out. It would be. It would be. And Dolphins are playing Buffalo. So I think that's the, the most intriguing game out of all of these ones. You want it to let's talk about it a little bit. Well, actually, never mind. We'll get to that later, right? Tua, we'll talk about that game in Tua. So yeah, a lot of the relevant games we're actually gonna get to a little bit later on. Which three teams would you like to see in the playoffs, man? Um, I want Cleveland in because just for the sake of that franchise. Um the uh, after that it's kind of indifferent now the one thing i will say is like i've heard like philip rivers might retire after this year so just for that you kind of feel for the guy like honestly as much as i like miami like it's tough because if we were doing this based off the deserving teams it'd be baltimore indy cleveland with because i'm assuming tennessee wins and wins the division Mm -hmm. but like at the same time 
I would be perfectly fine with Miami getting in. Just a really cool story. You get to see Tua in the playoffs. But from an entertainment value, like you almost would knock out the Colts from a deserving like team, like just rewarding the teams who deserve to make it. It would definitely be all of them besides Miami. Yeah, I definitely want to see Baltimore. I think Baltimore is a legit contender. Well, not contender because I feel so highly about the Chiefs and the the Bills. Um, but I think they can make a legit shot and upset one of those two teams. Buffalo, I think, is the scariest out of all the teams that are not the two powerhouses, in my opinion. The Browns, I like to see them suffer. I like to see them suffer. So with that being said, I hope the Browns end up getting left off just because I've been such a fan of the Colts this year. I really would like to see them end up getting into the playoffs. So, yeah, sorry, yeah, I just, I just have wait. I just – they've done such a good job there in Cleveland. Like, that's the thing with the Colts. Like, the, like I really like good front off, like, roster-building jobs. And, like, Miami, if they don't make it, like, they've done a great job, but they're going to continue to reap the benefits. I mean, they have the number three overall pick in the draft right now. Yeah. So, that kind of wraps it up for all the playoff scenarios. But we're going to add one little nugget for you guys. If you guys like betting, if they allow betting, wherever you are from, Justin is going to go ahead and supply his favorite heavy upset to kind of go ahead his favorite underdog to cash in on this week justin who do you think it is yeah that's a good question so right now i'm just gonna say my models top spread picks article will be coming out soon everyone is they like it's some of this just meaningless games denver plus two and a half against the raiders um we'll get to washington philly but it does like washington minus two and it likes um those are the two spreads, and then there are a couple other um, money lines along the same lines. If I had to pick between a underdog winning, it would be between the Texans with Tennessee, not really a strong lean there, just like a random gut feel. And then the real one would be Niners against Seattle. Niners-Seattle. So Justin really does like that Niners-Seattle pick. So Oh, and I mean, this isn't really an underdog, but um, I also really like the Rams money line right now against the Cardinals. Rams money line. There's some there's some betting picks for you guys. And I think Justin just gave away his pick for the game that we're going to preview in a little bit. But before, I want to talk about apparently my favorite team in the NFL, the Green Bay Packers. If you know me, you know I'm not a Packer fan in any way, shape, or form. I just like to give some credit where credit is due. Do you think I was a little high on the Packer horse coming into the other podcast we did? I mean, I don't really think so. I mean, I know I know for a fact how much you do not like the Packers, so I find this whole thing hilarious. I'm going to start trolling you for this. I know. I'm going to start calling you a Packer fan all the time. It's weird because I've always like kind of liked their players and stuff. Rodgers, I've always hated Rodgers, and here I am saying he's easily the MVP. You vote for anybody else, I think you're a fool. It's just – it's it's hard being an analyst sometimes, and then people think you're a fan of that team. It's like, whoa, hold on, hold on, dude. If only you knew. If only you knew. But let's talk about it for a second because I think they're a little bit vulnerable this week. Not necessarily saying they are going to lose, but you're playing a division rival. That's always going to kind of add some level of who knows. This isn't college football, okay? It's not the Apple Cup. Washington isn't going to steamroll Washington State every weekend. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. But, you know, here on the Inside Leverage podcast, we like us some underdogs, as we just talked about. The Bears are an underdog. What's the line at? Uh, Five and a half. Oh, I'm surprised. I'm a little bit surprised. I thought Vegas would have been putting that thing closer to 10 just because of how dominant the Packers are. But the Bears are coming off of a couple of wins, albeit against kind of nobodies. However, I'm going to go ahead and run with you. I'm not Woodrow Wilson, right? I don't have 16 points. I don't have a 16-point plan, but I got four. I'm going to go ahead and run through my points, and then you're going to tell me how stupid and crazy I am. How does that sound? That's perfect. Perfect. Okay. Four points. My first point on for the Chicago Bears to win this game. Stay within two possessions. At all times, stay within two possessions. Okay? I don't care if you're down seven to nothing. That means you have to at least go get a field goal or something, ideally a touchdown. I want you to be super aggressive. Do not punt. Do not punt. Be aggressive. Die on your own sword. You need to win this game. Play it so aggressive. Green Bay, got a little got a little nugget for you. Green Bay is 24th in opponents' yards per attempt rushing the ball. 24th, like worst. They're bad at that. However, they are 14th in the league in rush yards per game. You want to know why that is? 
spot because they whoop everybody's ass in the first quarter. They get up by 21 and now nobody <laughs> can even run the ball on them. Right. You know, Green Bay, yeah. everybody says Greenberry, you can run the ball on them. Yeah, you can. You can't run the ball when you're down 19 to nothing. Looking at you, Tennessee. It's it's not going to happen. No, don't worry. They, they, they still tried to. Do not worry. That run was established. They I don't still, know what anyone's saying. They still did. And the thing with uh, Chicago is their, their increase in offensive efficiency, I don't even know if it's been more efficient, but their increase in ability to score points has not been because Mitch Trubisky is playing out of his mind. It's because they've gotten good production out of David Montgomery and they use Mitchell Trubisky's leg as well. As much as you're probably wanting to tear your hair out right now, I think Chicago's offense really does – revolver on the run game just because mitch is going to be so bad if they have to rely on him so stay within two possessions second point you need miller or mooney to come to play we know jair alexander is not a shadow corner he's going to stay on his left side well first of all what i would do is i would just throw Allen robinson on the other side and abuse whoever the hell is over there don't know if that happens so i want to see a decent game from one of the others whether it's mooney or miller i checked they should be both healthy for this one. So that's my other big thing. Can you get some decent production out of the other? And even we can throw Cole Komet in that category too. If Cole Komet can make some plays, you just need an other outside of Allen Robinson to make some catches. Stay ahead of the chains with not the run game, Chicago, the quick passing game. Okay. Bingo. Whether it be RPOs with Mitchell Trubisky, whether you're just trying to beat whatever crappy corner Green Bay outside of Jair throws on Allen Robinson you want to take advantage. Don't run the ball on first and 10, okay? Because they're probably going to manipulate you and just abuse you there. They're probably going to play for that. David Montgomery's been hot. They're expecting you to go ahead and say, David Montgomery's been hot. These guys can't stop the run. Let's run on first down every time. No. Throw on first down. Assess the situation. If you're in a second and four now, you either have the opportunity, and this is where offense is great, you need indecision, to take shots down the field or, hey, let's run on second and four here and get the first down. Stay ahead of the chain so that way you can use your run game. Use your run game smart. And now, point four, probably the hardest thing to do, in my opinion, quite honestly. We've been talking about offense, but here we go. Let's give the defense some love. Win third down. Okay, Chicago is the sixth best team in opponent third down conversion percentage. They are very good at not allowing you to convert third downs. You want to hear something? A little, a little stat that I found while I was researching this stuff. Oh, I love this. In Green Bay's losses, four for nine against Indianapolis on third down, and they also were zero for one on fourth, I think, against Tampa Bay, seven for seventeen, and against Minnesota, five for eleven. Stop these guys on third down, and you have a chance. Because the thing with Rodgers is, you just got to keep him out of that rhythm. So every time you stop them. You're good. You're golden. And this applies to fourth downs as well because Matt LaFleur loves to be aggressive. I don't know if that's LaFleur or Rodgers, quite honestly. We can get into that conversation another day. Just win third and fourth down. You don't even have to win every of them. Look at these. These are, except for the Tampa Bay game, which got skewed because they were getting blown out. These aren't incredibly crazy, right? They're not holding them to one for 10 on third. You just have to get about half of them and take advantage as well. Another thing that I kind of found in all in most of these games, they won the time of possession battle. They won them in the Tampa Bay and Minnesota game. So I'm not even going to try and say milk the clock. The only thing I would say, try not to let Rodgers get in a rhythm. So limit your turnovers and three and outs. Those are my four main points for the Chicago Bears to win this football game. Yeah, I mean, the one I really liked that you emphasized was the quick passing game because if there is a weakness on the Packers defense outside of their – it's not just their run defense – it also extends to just their ability to like, like tackle just in general. Like they're not a super physical team. I mean, I don't want to say, come out here and say, oh, like the Packers aren't tough, but in reality, that's kind of the case. I mean, you if you're the Bears, like it does sound weird, but you kind of have to gimmick your way here. Yep, I agree. That's I really all you have to do. Like I said, I think you got a shot with those points I made. I still don't know if it happens. I made all these points and arguments for the Chicago Bears, but I'm going to still rock with Green Bay to win. Yeah, no, I have Green Bay and Green Bay covering by a decent margin. It could go down like that. Nick, Javi, I hope you guys enjoyed because Nick's been complaining. He's like, man, we get no Bears love. You can run through every Bears game. So I gave you some spotlight there. I think it's a fun one to talk about. Although, sorry, I didn't predict them to win. Now, we'll head to the backup quarterback. Los Angeles, 
John Wolford, right? John Wolford, Sean Wolford. I had to search this up like five different times when I was writing the Cardinals Rams blurb for uh, the projection article. It is John Wolford. John Wolford. Okay, no, he did not start the the railroad industrial business in the 1800s. Not that John Wolford. That does very sound like a banker name, John Wolford. Um, oh my god. The, the thing I kind of want to focus on, though, less on the Rams, and we can talk about them, more on the Cardinals. What is, what's the line out in this one? Arizona is a three-point favorite, which I have some thoughts about that that I'll get to after you're done here. That's kind of interesting to me because I would have expected every, like general population to see backup quarterback. I, I'm kind of happy that this thing is low because maybe this is a little hot takey, I don't know if they downgraded at quarterback right now. Obviously, you went to a dude who's a backup versus a guy who was a starter. But Jared Goff has not been great this year. In the last two games, he's played like absolute shit. So I like going to John Wolford, I don't know if as a Rams fan, I'm like, there's no way we can win this game. It's not like you went from Kirk Cousins to Sean Mannion or Patrick Mahomes to – is it still Henny? Is it Henny? Yeah, it's still Henny. Yeah, it, that's not the jump you're making here. You're going to who was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league this year to a backup. So – it's not a huge drop off to me. Yeah. And you still have the defense, which has kind of been the Rams thing this year, which I think is going to give Arizona a lot of trouble. No, I actually think the line overcorrected too much. Like I think like if golf is healthy, the Rams are at least a three point favorite. If probably I would assume if, if it was pr- a pretty much a pick them against Seattle, I would assume there's a three point gap between Seattle and Arizona. Um, you're going to tell me that Jared Goff is worth six points. I don't think so. Well, especially the market, the they didn't here. shift the line six points when Breeze went out and Taysom Hill was starting. So like, no, like, I mean, if you just look at, um, like PFF does their spreads wins above replace or spread points above replacement. Like the best quarterbacks are worth about like, like Josh Allen's worth six points above replacement this season. Like what, what Lamar Brady. Yeah, I can't find Goff because they took him off. But I'm guessing just based off of let's put Goff in the tier of like Baker Mayfield, like around 15, 16, Baker's worth 3.5 points. And that's pushing it. I would much rather put Goff around like Justin Herbert's three points above replacement or Teddy Bridgewater's two and a half points above replacement. Yeah. So Rams – Rams defense, you expect them to come out and frustrate the Cardinals? Yeah, because also, like, we might get through this thing again where Kyler's not healthy again. Like, that's – because he got hurt at the end of last game against the Niners, so we don't even know how much he can run. I just don't trust Cliff Kingsbury at all. Like, I don't think he's a good play caller. And I – we talk a lot about Robert Sala, but I think Brandon Staley might actually be the best defensive coordinator in football right now. Oh. He's up there. Like there, I there was an article in the Athletic about like his defensive philosophies. This guy is the only defensive coordinator in football that understands how offenses attack nowadays. Oh yeah, I saw something where uh, light boxes. I think he has the lowest percentage of uh, normal boxes. This guy runs so much stuff spread out and everything. It's smart. It's smart. I think he's a good dude. Uh, People have started a, a couple, not like. ESPN in those places, but I know a couple of people that are starting to put him on head coaching possible spots for next year. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I'm never going to be a super big, I don't know a ton about him as like a person and culture setter. And I'm always a little hesitant on the defense thing, but like his scheme is good enough to where it makes a difference. And it's going to, it reminds me a lot of uh, Sean McDermott's scheme in Buffalo. Yeah. Like an upgrade version. And that has given Buffalo such a high floor defensively. So if, I mean, if he checks out from a aggressiveness standpoint and just other things, I don't see why not. I kind of want to, I think I'm going to do a film breakdown of that defense and everything. Looking at some of the interesting stuff they do. However, the next big YouTube video matchup of the week dropped today on the YouTube, Makai Becton, Miles Garrett, Quentin Nelson is going to come out tomorrow. I have new year's day up until when does the when does the first one start? One o'clock, the championship or the playoff games for college football? One. Yeah, around then. Though I have to say, if you want to watch Northwestern's terrible 
defense that Justin Fields somehow couldn't do well against. You can watch them at, I think it's 10 o'clock against Auburn. Oh, they're playing Auburn? Ooh, Bo Nix, my boy Bo Nix. He's about to – if Bo Nix torches Northwestern, then I'll say Justin Herbert sucks because Bo Nix isn't exactly, like, the best quarterback in the SEC. So if Bo Nix can torch these guys, then I'm coming at you with the Justin Justin Fields hate. Oh, my. That's going to – I can't wait. I saw that Tom McShay has Justin Fields ranked ninth on his big board now. Oh, my God. One, two, three, four should be without question, in my opinion. Yeah, like whether whether you want to put Sewell at three or four, it I one, two, three, four should be two quarterbacks, whatever position you want to put Wilson and Sewell. We we'll get, trust me, if you guys are just salivating at the fact we're talking about the draft and offseason stuff right now, just wait. Offseason is gonna be some fun shit for you guys. But I got I got sidetracked. I was talking about matchup of the week, yada yada yada. Oh yes, Quentin Nelson coming out tomorrow. However, after that, I got a very fun youtube video i'm hoping i got two weeks to do it because they don't play for a little while it's about a team i'm not saying they're not going to win the super bowl but i'm i'm gonna look into some of their weaknesses because oh gee i wonder who this could be i wonder who it's a hot take to say won't win the super bowl i wonder who it is yeah so it's definitely the bears definitely no it's uh, uh the Bengals. the Bengals. you know gonna get that in that automatic bid just for awesomeness but yeah you got the Rams one in this one? Yeah. I mean, I just don't think there's that much of it. Like, just in this game, like, all the yardage comes after the catch. So, like, I think the Rams will function enough offensively, especially against Arizona. Like, the Niners move the ball with these, with C.J. Bethard, like, trying to throw the game away. Yeah, and people want to talk about, oh, the, the Rams coming off of two of the worst losses. First of all, if the Jets have shown us nothing these last two weeks, it's that if you were a team that relies yourself on running the football, it's going to be hard to run against the Jets because Quinnen Williams has taken the step up. And then the other guy, gosh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. You know who I'm talking oh, about? Oh, Fadu Kasi? Yes. Oh, my God. He's been an absolute monster this year. He's a dude who's going to get a film breakdown during the offseason. He's been an absolute tank this year. So I don't want to excuse the Rams for losing to the Jets, but when Jared Goff has been playing like absolute shit and you can't get the run game going because those guys are going to dominate the interior, it makes sense. And then who did the Rams lose to last week? The uh, Seattle. Uh, Seattle. And yeah. I mean, Jared Goff was already playing with a broken thumb and they like stayed competitive in that game till the end. So yeah, you're tell- at the very least, you can say the drop off between Jared Goff with a broken thumb and Wolf- Wolford, I think was how you say his name, is not going to be that much. Yeah, and who's gonna who's gonna dominate your defense on the interior? Is it gonna be Buda Baker? They're gonna line him up in nose guard. I do love me some Lucky Foe too, though. I don't even know if he's healthy anymore. Coming out of Utah, I love Utah defenders for some reason. If you went to the oh, Utah, they're all like they they're all like hustlers. Like they Kyle go like all out. Kyle Whittenham is something else. I didn't realize him and Urban Meyer coached together at Utah. I didn't realize Urban Meyer coached at Utah until probably about a month ago when I was looking. Yeah, didn't he coached Alex Smith, right? He coached Alex Smith. Yeah, they went, they were like undefeated. And then he went to, because before he was at Utah, he was at Bowling Green, Utah. Then it was Florida. Then it was Ohio State. Don't think I'm missing Um, you. Now we'll talk about, this is kind of your segment. Best NFC East team getting into the playoffs. There's three possibilities. It's everybody except for Philly that can get in. Right. Yeah, which is just – it's so funny that Philly's going to have to play on Sunday night as the only team without a chance. And I think it's kind of fair to say the Giants are a, a very long shot away. So, even though they're not mathematically eliminated, I'm kind of not expecting them to get in. I mean, they have the same odds as Dallas pretty much. That's true because they, they, the they, they just have to win and then have Washington lose. Who are both of them playing, though? Each other. Oh, it's Dallas Giants? Yeah. Ooh, Bradbury versus whoever he's lined up against. Fun matchup there. See, that's – yeah, that's where the Giants can do well. The problem is that Dallas has two other receivers yeah. who are also really good. So, I mean, whoever Bradbury lines up against might get locked out. But, like, if he, if Cooper gets lined – or Bradbury lines up against Cooper, Cooper might not have the biggest game. C.D. Lamb's going to go for 200 yards, though. Hey, Zeke's back, though. So, maybe we get some Zeke ball. Oh, yeah. I mean – I feel a lot like honestly, we're gonna get to which like NFC East team deserves it the most. Take Zeke out and like Cowboys are the pick. I don't know though. Like I can't imagine watching the first like 
um, wild card game against like Tampa Bay and they're just running Zeke into a brick wall and then he's going to fumble. Oh, it's just going to be bad. Oh, we're on the topic of that game anyway. Who you got to win? I'm going to take – my model has a pretty much close to a pick but I just think Dallas has more weapons and are just playing better right now. Danny Dimes is back and healthy, right? Back, but we're not sure if he's healthy. I saw some quote where he said, oh, I'm just going um, to overcome this. I'm just going to live, like, in the pocket. And Danny Dimes in the pocket is not a fun sight. No, Danny, Danny Dimes does not need to be living in the pocket. The more the more I think about it, the, the more I just continue to think about Daniel Jones because he's one of my weird favorite players in the league. I'm surprised you guys haven't pegged me as Giants fans. I think if you guys were going to call me a fan of a team, I think it would be the Giants, considering what oh, I put You on. love the Giants. I do. I think it's just Patrick Graham and Danny Dimes. I love Danny Dimes because everybody was, like, crapping on him and everything. And then you look at the quarterbacks drafted after him, and it was like, whoa, maybe Dave Gettleman knew what he was doing with that pick, you know? Because who was yeah, he going to Was he going to take Drew Locke? Like, I mean, really what he should have done. Traded back. You can make – yeah, traded back or just not taking a quarterback. Because I understand the positional value of, oh, if he pans out. But the problem with, like, taking a, a flawed quarterback is then you're kind of stuck in this purgatory. And if it's such an important position, now you're going to have to go take another – like, there is something to be said about taking shots, but there's also something to be said about not taking, like, flawed guys really early and making yourselves commit to them for like three years yeah i still i like danny jones i think he has potential but the more i was thinking about him the more i'm like i think he's very alex smithian yeah i mean just kind of in the way i don't ever see him being a top 10 guy but he could be on that fringe and i think he could slightly elevate a team if he has a great play caller my constant comp for him before he became like a stud was like Ryan Tannehill. So I think Miami Dolphins Ryan Tannehill mm. is a comp I kind of like. And Tannehill was solid on the Dolphins, so yeah. that's not. And they like both have that underrated athleticism. Yeah. Okay. Now we'll go to the other one: Washington, Philadelphia. We'll talk about that game for a second, and then we'll have Justin's pick of who he thinks the scariest team to get into the playoffs is. Yeah. So my model loves Washington in this game. Agreed. Pretty, it, so right now it's putting it at 50-50 that it's going to be Smith or Heineke, but Smith is practicing today. So that I is saw huge. that he took a majority of the starter rep, so it's looking like Smith is good. And can I comment on Jalen Hurts real quick before you get into your point? Jalen Hurts had a his first two games, they looked good on the stat sheet, but when you kind of broke them down, you were like, I see some stuff here that I like. I see some stuff here that I absolutely hate. Last week was a lot of bad stuff. This week, again, I think is going to be very – alarming i mean he's uh, if he holds on to the ball as long as he has like he's gonna get a chase young's gonna kill him he, everybody is gonna kill him on that off defense. I mean, washington's like like i hate like defense doesn't win you championships but defense can get you to mediocre and that's all you need to win this division yeah i mean just look at this right like just compare the two teams both offenses kind of suck here i'm just looking at pro football focuses opponent adjusted grades Mm-hmm. Philly 24, Washington 26. That's pretty much a wash. But defense, Washington 3, Philly 23. Mm. That's mm-hmm. pretty much all you need to know. Neither offense is good. So the fact that Washington can't get any like big plays is not going to affect them. And the way like Washington's going to win games is just by turnovers because their offense is so limited. I guarantee you Jalen Hurts is going to turn the ball over a couple times. In this game. He'll give him a couple, but just – this is more of a message to Philly fans. Don't be definitive in whatever, or even just anybody who's kind of following with them right now. Don't be definitive in whatever statements you want to make after this game. Because at the end of the day, we could look at this as two quarterbacks played completely horrible in this offense. Okay. One of them did it for a full season. One of them did it for four game. What do you think? Both of these quarterbacks are just completely horrible or both of these guys are somewhat decent and just had no help around them and some horrible play calling. I don't think either one of these guys is particularly great. I think Hertz has some potential though. So just don't take away too much. If Hertz goes out there and just completely shits the bed. Yeah, I mean, I still think Hertz is playing. And the one thing I will say is that like the Eagles have done nothing around Jalen Hertz to help them. Their defense has been atrocious. Their special teams has been as bad as it gets. It's just, like, Hertz is having to play hero ball. Mm-hmm. 
which I don't think he's built for. I don't think he's no, built. No, I mean, he's built to run. I don't want to like say this because everyone tried to compare him to him in the draft. Like that Lamar, not like the Lamar Jackson style offense, but it's built to be a like, a, like just a dynamic rushing offense, kind of like Cam Newton. Like these aren't like say, classic, he's, he's these aren't classic drop back passers that are going to come back in the second half of games when you're deep, when you're not like doing anything well. Well, what they do well is they're like, tools and just talent allows you to overcome a lot of flaws on the offense like the Ravens don't have good receivers but you need to be have a strong baseline elsewhere okay which one man which one do you think is the most dangerous and scary team in the playoffs um Dallas Dallas I agree like yeah I, I mean I love Washington I mean I honestly think the Eagles might have been the scariest just because of Jalen Hurts is unpredictability but um I just go Dallas because the receivers yeah, anything can happen when you have those guys on the field. However, I want Washington to get it because if Washington gets in the playoffs, I don't care if it's by default. Ron Rivera deserves coach of the year just with all the bullshit that he's had to deal with. So I want Washington to get in because if he gets in, we have a legit case for Ron Rivera coach of the year. We have no case if he doesn't get into the playoffs. So I need him to get in so we at least have a case. No, I still don't think he's going to get it with the losing record. Be quiet. I think I think right now – if. 13 and three. You're going to tell me Sean McDermott goes 13 and three. Like he doesn't win it. Or if Brian Flores makes the playoffs at 11 and five. Go vote for Kevin Stefanski. Go vote for the dude who got out coached by Adam Gates. Go vote for him. Go vote for him. Losers. Oh. Kevin Stefanski. No, you better vote for Ron Rivera. Look, I'm sorry. Baker Mayfield. Eh. Dwayne Haskins. Come on. He should, he should get coach of the year just for having him on the roster. He had to come in. and That is true. Like, that's the one thing I'll say. Like, that year where, like, okay, this isn't a great comparison, but, like, the year where, like, you know how, like, Antonio Brown's kind of gone crazy here? Like, the <sighs> fact that the Steelers kind of had him not look crazy for so right. long is, like, so good for Mike Tomlin. Like, the fact that he's able to handle, like, Dwayne, like, Dwayne Haskins just being on the roster, like, that is the real coaching job, not making the playoffs. And the fact that he decided to cut, like, I just want to, I just want to shout out Ron Rivera. He's one of my favorite coaches in the league. The fact that he decided to come in there and pretty much say, no, you're done, and cut him, just, I think, huge for developing his program. Yeah, definitely. Now, let's head south. Let's head south. So the conversation we were going to have was Miami. They're rocking with Tua. Is it going to be the right call? And I had some points about that. Now Fitzpatrick is out for this one, so it's got to be Tua. Tua's right. I know that's just that's it's so funny that the backup quarterback can like make such a difference like how you feel about the game yeah the, the point I wanted to make and I think it still applies even with Fitzpatrick getting COVID Flores clearly thinks that this is his best shot to win with Tua because Flores has showed this season that it's he's not tanking he's not just trying to get Tua reps and everything I think he legitimately feels Tua gives him the best shot to win. Now, whether that's a little bit delusional, mm. whatever. But it just to continue to go back to the well, right? I don't think it's a, uh, let's just continue to develop our rookie guy. I think he really feels that Tua might give him a little bit of a better shot in this one because this is a, a mutt, right? I mean, they cannot – let me go back to my playoff scenarios here for a second. Okay. No, that they lose, they're pretty much screwed because all the other teams are going to win. Yeah, so this is a must-win game for you. You're win, you win and you're in. Right, I in Brian Flores, Patriot way is not going out on no. Well, let's just develop our rookie quarterback a little bit. If we miss the playoffs, we miss the playoffs. Brian Flores wants to win. Brian Flores wants to get in that playoff. So it's, I really do believe. Now we can have a debate whether this is true or not. I believe that Brian Flores feels Tua gives him the best chance to win. I just, I feel my guess is this is just my guess. I think the front office strongly wants Tua to play. And I think Flores doesn't see either as being an advantage. I okay. think he sees them as neutral. Okay. It, it, I'm excited for Tua, though. I'm excited. You don't get your closer to come in and save the game for you. Craig Kimbrell isn't coming in, all right? You got to pitch a complete game shutout here, Tua, which the analogy doesn't work 100% because in baseball, you're not expected to pitch a complete game. But Tua, you got to get this thing done on your own, buddy. And I am so excited to see it because he's going against Buffalo. This is a tough matchup for Tua. Yeah, no, this is not going to be easy. Um, yeah, and I think I wonder if there's like extra pressure and just, oh, like Fitz can't save the day. 
Like, is that that's like, or is that more relief? Like, it's kind of like you could have seen a scenario where Tua is so scared about like being benched in this game. Like, he comes out a little shaky, doesn't want to make a mistake or anything. But the thing is, like, like the Bills don't like allow big plays. Like, this is gonna be classic just Tua check down game. Right. I don't is, know how much you're gonna get out of this. I just want to see him win, man. I don't care how they do it. If he somehow finds a way to win this game, I mean, granted, unless something crazy happens, if he's just able to game manage his way to a win, I'm walking out of this just salivating over to it because the fact that he was able to get this win, I'm just going to be super hyped for Tua. And I, think I want the Dolphins to make the playoffs because I want more data points on Tua. Like, I want to see him get, like, a playoff start against a good team in a game where they're going to need them to like come from behind and they're not going to get like five turnovers from their defense. I think this is the game. You know, I think this is the game where you can start. I don't know. I don't know though, because are the bills actually going to play their guys the whole game? Right. Like I think they will. I think we think they're going to, but last year they were in the same spot and they played Allen for a quarter and then took them out. No, because they, they couldn't get the division and they couldn't upgrade their seating, right? They were just stuck. But the seating really at the end of the day doesn't matter because there's a decent chance the seven seed is could be like Baltimore, I'm pretty sure. Makes sense. Makes sense. I, I get what you're saying. Now I we'll pre we'll make our picks for this one. You got the Bills winning. Yeah, and I will say too, like there's gotta be some there's gonna be some expectation that um, they rest the stars at some point because it's only a three-point spread. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would take the Bills. I'm rocking with Miami. I'm rocking with Tua to go. Ready for this one? 200 yards, three touchdowns. Tua has just an awesome game in this one. He goes ahead. He gets Miami into the playoffs. Tua, baby, get ready for it. Yeah, I mean, I would just love – I mean, I think that would match them up with – I think if Miami wins, they get matched up with Tennessee in the first round. That would be fun. Win, win. Miami win. Miami wins again. Miami wins again. Boom, they're playing in the Super Bowl. Miami wins a Super Bowl. However, and he beats Aaron Rodgers. He beats Aaron Rodgers toe-to-toe, but they score. Scores 34-35. to You're down by a point. Brian Flores, force overtime. You might not even touch the ball. Nope. Fitz magic trots onto the field. Fitz magic lines up at wide receiver versus Jair Alexander. They think it's a trick play. Boom. Motion Fitzpatrick across. Boom. Hand off to Fitzpatrick. Boom. Philly special, right? They roll to a outright Fitzpatrick pivots back around. He's running. He's going to throw to Tua. No takes off. Zadarius Smith. Boom. Full speed ahead. Fitzpatrick Zadarius Smith meet at the goal line. Fitzpatrick reaches across, touchdown Miami. They win the Super Bowl. He just ran over Darius Smith to win. Boom. You heard it here first. Man, I have no disagreement. I mean, just textbook. Everything supports it. Every – I mean, there is. That, that hap- I mean, it's pretty typical. You see yeah. this often. Average. I mean, how many times has Fitzpatrick trucked Zedaria Smith? Like 20? Yeah, Super Bowl I mean, the dude, the dude can make like sixty-yard passes without being able to actually see. So yeah. with no head, he made it with no head, pretty much. So yes, that is all in jest. But it'd be fun to see Miami make some type of a playoff run. But maybe it doesn't happen. We covered everything. This was a. I think we did, we're relatively quick on this one today. Yeah, I mean, it helps when a lot of the games are just yeah not that important, but. I mean, it's going to be fun. It's definitely going to be fun. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. So we are going to be back here on Tuesday previewing Wild Card Weekend. It's going to be – well, actually, yeah. We'll we'll talk about what went down here, any crazy things that happened with the playoff teams, any crazy news we got to bring to you. And then Thursday – or Friday, Friday, we're going to take a look at the Wild Card games. It's playoff time, baby. The next time we see you, it's going to be playoff mode. Get your beards ready. I know I just shaved mine, but get your beards ready. Playoff beards. Is that only hockey or is that a football thing too? I don't know if that's a football thing, actually. Isn't that a baseball thing too? I think it is. I just know the Red Sox in 13 uh, did it and they won. But, hey, Fitzpatrick is always – Yankees Yankees aren't doing it though. No. We can confirm. suck. Because the Yankees suck. No wonder, no wonder why they haven't won a World Series. Exactly. They're not coming out the beards. Yeah, definitely. Yankees, though, I will tell you one thing. I hate the Yankees more than I hate the Packers. 100%. Everybody know that to be true. 
Yankees, you, you tell me anything good about the Yankees and I'll, I'll probably slap you across your face, really. Yeah, this is a random spiel, but I've never seen like a fan base just be more wrong about everything than when they, they lost to the Rays. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I just hate the Yankees because I'm a Red Sox fan. So I just, I just hate them. Well, yeah. And I mean, the Yankee, Yankees, I mean, New York teams are generally. Except for the Knicks. Privilege. Let's, let's, let's put some pity on the Knicks and the Giants right now. Come on. They're just trying to do everything they can with their little Daniel Jones. Well, Jets, too. Really, it's just the Yankees. Nah, Jets. Jets. Yeah. You had Mark Sanchez and you didn't win multiple rings with him. Get out of here. You had a supermodel as your quarterback and you didn't win any rings. Get out of here. Yeah, I, th- I think that pretty much wraps up everything. Uh, you know, that YouTube video, Garrett Becton, it's on the YouTube. Have you checked it out yet? I'm going to. I just saw you post it. I'm really pumped up to see. Because I actually remember, like, Messi saying, hey, Becton's playing Garrett this week. Like, that's yep. huge. You hit me up with two of them, and I was like, man, I got two of my big uglies going against two fun defensive matchups. No way I don't cover linemen this week. And I just – they were so fun, I had to cover two of them. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, we'll see if I can find a couple more for you this week. Yep, and then once we get into that, playoff matchup of the week. So check out the YouTube. We're going to post a whole podcast here. Actually, surprisingly, more podcast views are going on the YouTube than in Anchor, however it listens there. So if you guys are showing love on the YouTube, you guys are looking at me in the same old Arkansas beanie. I mean, once I get a haircut, maybe we'll take the beanie off, but the hairline is still kind of shit. So don't know if I want you guys to have to look at that for an hour about. But yeah, so viewing on the YouTube, thank you so much. Uh, if you're listening, thank you again. Check out the YouTube, STB Sports on YouTube. We got a lot of fun film breakdown stuff. However, if it gets taken down, it has to go on the Patreon. Unfortunately, copyrights, man, copyrights. But once I hit 1,000 subscribers and a certain amount of watch time, I can put ads on it. So the NFL takes my ads, but I'm still able to upload the content. So that's all awesome there. Yes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, supporting, listening. Make sure you share with a friend. We're starting to actually kind of get them listens up there. So just continue to keep sharing and sharing and sharing. We love it because the more you share this podcast, the more encouraged we are i mean as crazy as it sounds because then you start following on the social medias and then if you're on the youtube you can comment blake you're an idiot those four points make no sense for the chicago bears justin you're dumb everybody wants to see patrick graham beat everybody with his awesome defensive scheme nobody wants to see dallas we love that stuff though to an extent if you're just being a dickhead fuck you but you know people who are having constructive conversations and everything if you disagree i love when people disagree with me because then you get to see a whole nother view of everything so thank you guys so much for tuning in once again peace and love baby